They're the joyful agains our children shout on the swings, the exhausting agains of cooking and laundry, and the difficult agains of discipline. So much of what we do as mothers is on repeat. So what if we woke up with clarity, knowing which agains we were called to, and went to bed believing we are faithful in what matters most? We believe God's word is the key to untangle from the confusion and overwhelm we feel. Let's look up together to embrace a motherhood full of freedom and joy. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Again, brought to you by Entrusted Ministries. I'm your host, Stephanie Hickox, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Jen Freckman as she shares an incredible testimony in which the sovereignty of God is undeniable and the love of Jen and Eric is displayed in a most uncommon way. As they were longing for a child to bring into their home, they chose to love women in difficult situations. After I heard Jen tell this story the first time, I pulled her aside and said, I want to be like you when I grow up. Jen is the type of person that takes every blessing the Lord gives her and multiplies it. She serves radically and lovingly and tirelessly, and it's very evident in this testimony. We hope that you had a chance to listen to our episodes on the Sanctity of Life the last two weeks, and these episodes will continue to focus on the dignity that God has given each human being in this unique testimony where the child matters so much, but the mother does too. We hope it inspires you to love radically and to have eyes to see how you can serve our Savior where he has placed you. As promised, Jen kicks off this episode with some really helpful natural solutions Some I had definitely heard of and used before, and some are new to me. Although we hope everyone's staying healthy in your house, we know that winter sickness is so common. So we hope you and your kiddos find some relief and some help through these tips. All right, Jen, in our homeschool community, you are known as Nurse Freckman or Nurse Jen (laughs) to some of us. And even our kids know when we have questions about what to do, that you will have a great solution. And what I love is so often it's something that I already have in my home or something that I feel really great about giving my kids. So I would really love it if you could guide us through a couple symptoms and say, when my child starts to feel this, this is what I turn to first. Let's start with ear pain. I think that's such a tricky one because we can't see it, right? Yes. I've been very tempted to buy an otoscope or something just so I can see. They're telling me it hurts, but it could be so many things. Or even when they were little, my kids, I would go to the doctor and they'd say, oh, they have an ear infection. But my kids would say their ears didn't hurt. I think it's such an elusive one. So if one of your kids comes to you and says their ear hurts, what do you do? For sure. I actually did buy one of those. (laughs) I have one. It's by Dr. Mom. You can get them on Amazon. I think they're like $15. And I would look, even when my littles were very little, I would just look in their ear a number of different times throughout a day or the week just to get to know what their ears look like normally. And then as their ears started to have ear infections or ear pain, I would know what looked differently for them. And so you can tell, I'm not a doctor, so none of this is medical advice, but (laughs) (laughs) we have to have the caveat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But you can tell if there's redness or just different things. So I would, I would look in their ear with one of those scopes as well. And then I would also, depending on what it was, you can get little eardrops of mulan oil. I believe that's how you pronounce it. 
and garlic oil, warm garlic oil. I've even made my own where I just crush up some garlic and let it very, very slowly simmer on the stovetop to get it warm and then let it cool until I can put it on my wrist and it's not at all warm (laughs) or too hot. Mm -hmm. And then I would just drop that in their ear. Sometimes I'll do a warm salt sock where I take like really coarse Himalayan salt and I put it in a clean sock. (laughs) No, the most important part is the clean sock part. And then I'll take it and either put it in the warming tray or on the stovetop and just heat it up a little bit and get it warm and put that on their ear. And that soothes it very quickly and well and just helps blood flow go to the area because the heat, drawing the heat there increases blood flow. Depending on if they have a cold, then I might do a neti pot for them to help them get their sinuses so that that gets out of their nasal passage. Also, I would lift the back of their ear. There's a bone right behind your ear, a large circular bone, and I would rub that and then press down as I rubbed and go down their neck, and that would just help drain whatever is in there, and it would usually feel good to them. So those those are the things we do for like ear pain. Still remember a friend saying, "Yep, I walked into Jen's house and she had socks in a frying pan." <laughs> and, yeah. and I was like, "Ooh, tell me more." Yes. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I've tried it and it works amazingly. Yeah. I've used Epsom salt usually. Yeah, that works. But it it definitely does have to be coarse. You're right. Yes. Otherwise, it's a mess. Yeah. And you have to watch it to make sure you don't cook too long. Yes. <laughs> yep. Mm. And the garlic oil drops are really helpful. I've done mixing melaleuca with lavender and coconut oil and just rubbing that around the outside of the ear. Yeah. And that's really helpful too and something I already have. So I love that you studied your children's ears when they're healthy and that's so wise to get a baseline. Oh, it helps so much because, and everybody's ear looks differently. (laughs) Like I didn't, I had never looked into an ear before, so I didn't know. And then I was like, oh, this is your normal ear. Okay. And Uh then just recently, Josiah had a really bad ear infection and I could see, oh my goodness, this is, this is inflamed. I can see why you're in pain. And yeah, it was pretty cool to see the inflammation go down and to see the things that we were doing helping and we never had to take them in for it. So that was nice. That's great. And most ear infections are caused by a virus and not a bacteria, right? Even though they're commonly treated with antibiotics, that's not going to kill what's causing it usually. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's helpful to have something that will provide relief as you're waiting for those germs to be defeated. Yeah. What about if one of your children has a bruise or a bump or hurts themselves in some sort of injury? Yeah. Our favorite is Arnica gel and they have topical cream that you can put on or even one that's, it dries really quickly because it has like alcohol in it or something. So we just rub that on and that really does help a lot. That's my favorite. You can also get little Boreon tablets of Arnica that they can take internally. They're like little tiny itty bitty little circle balls that they just put under their tongue and that goes right into their bloodstream and that helps as well. But topically, I don't know if it's what it is. It just helps them. I don't know how it works. Uh (laughs) I just know it does. (laughs) The pellets. It's so funny because some of the Latin names sound like (laughs) this sounds like Hocus pocus. Yes. <laughs> Argentum nutricum. And you're like, <laughs> I, I feel like yeah. you're saying I'm tricking myself. 
Yes. But I, I've taken them myself even for like dental pain or something like that. And you're like, well, even if it's a placebo, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. I feel better. So <laughs> I'm totally. okay with it. So our throats are quite common this time of year. What is your remedy for that? I love Manuka honey, really good mm. quality Manuka honey, lemon essential oil. If you just take it and put it in right back wherever that soreness is, there's something to that that just quickly can take that away. Throat coat tea is one of my favorite teas. I, I actually like the flavor of it. Some people, it's not their favorite, but I enjoy it. That really does help a lot. And bee propolis spray is my ultimate favorite. We will spray that and just get it back as far back in the throat as you can. And those typically will soothe and help whatever that irritable sore throat thing is. If I feel it is strep, then I take it a little bit more seriously and I'll either go get it checked to see if it is strep and then I know what to do with different homeopathy or different natural antibiotics like oregano or garlic oil or colloidal silver, whatever it is that we want to do. But I don't like to mess around with streps. So I will get them tested for that usually. Sure. Great. We've tried bee pollen, but I've never tried the bee propolis spray. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's super helpful. That's actually one of my favorite sprays. It's exciting to try these things. You don't want your kids to get sick, but you want to <laughs> see this stuff work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And what about stomach aches? Uh, digestive enzymes, if they can take a pill, that's huge because whatever it is, their body's having a hard time digesting. It will help assist their body in, into digesting whatever that is. Digestive enzymes help activated charcoal. That helps. You can even take a, a capsule of that and open it up and put it in grape juice and shake it up and um, have them drink it. They don't need a lot. A little goes a long way. Uh, magnesium, typically, if they're constipated, then I will give them magnesium, give them a magnesium bath. Magnesium is best absorbed transdermally. So having lotion or a bath or rubbing lotion on their tummy, that will help as well. But also taking magnesium, whether it's a drink or a pill, something like that to get some of that moving for them. We also love castor oil packs. Anytime they have a tummy ache and it just comes out of nowhere and I don't really know what to do, I'll put castor oil on organic flannel cotton and then I tie it around with a just an organic bow thing that I have. It's like ribbon. And we'll put a heating pad over top of it for a little bit and let that sit on their tummy for a while. And most often that will take the pain away. Wow. Castor oil also works best transdermally? Yeah. I have only used it on topically. Okay. So I haven't taken it. I've, I'm sure that there's things you can do, but I haven't researched that as much. But mm -hmm. topically, it will increase blood flow and it will reduce inflammation. And so it takes pain away. And it does work relatively quickly, even for things like tummy aches, headaches. Olivia had a migraine this afternoon and I put some on her forehead and the heating pad on her forehead. And she said, mom, it feels so much better, but it didn't take it away completely, but it did reduce the pain. That's yeah. excellent. Thank you. This yeah. is so helpful. <laughs> and like I said, it always brings me such peace to have things in my home that I can do. Yes. Historically, my kids always get sick 10 p.m. on Friday night. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
And you're like, the doctor's office isn't open. Yes. And then you think, do I really want to take my little child into an ER or an urgent care? Yeah. So having things we can do at home is so nice. Yeah. And then often it's resolved by Monday morning anyway. And then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. Children do not get sick nine to five, Monday through Friday. It just right. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Like any off hour is when they're going to get it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. It's super helpful. And we'll come back to you for more tips on just what you use naturally to clean your house and thieve spray and everything. And so we want to hear about all those things. But I'm very excited for you to be able to share this beautiful, amazing God story of the adoption of your daughter. Literally the first time I heard it, you told it at a mom's night for a homeschool community. That night went late. We talked yeah. really late. And I think I got home at 1.30 in the morning and the whole drive home, I was just like, Lord, that is amazing. And I had goosebumps as you were telling it. And I wanted to wake my husband up and tell him the story. It was just so hard to keep it in. You have to hear what God did. But he was like, how was it? And I was like, I have to tell you. It's okay if I have to tell you again in the morning, but isn't this amazing? I love that. And I just, God's sovereignty is undeniable in this. And also, as I've seen you parent your daughter, your thoughtfulness in even the language that you use with her, I think that'll be so helpful for other moms if they're caring for foster children or if they have adopted children or even thoughtfulness for any child to mm. think about what experiences have you gone through and how can I parent you how you need to be parented. Very excited for you to share all of this wisdom. So let's dive in. Tell us all about the story of how your daughter came into your family. I love it. Okay. So Eric and I, we wanted to have children early on in our marriage and we got pregnant and quickly had a miscarriage, I think at 10 weeks. And I was devastated. It was shocking to me. I did not even have that on my radar. I had had two sisters who had never had that before. I didn't really know very many women who had had a miscarriage before. And so it just blindsided me. And I mm -hmm. just was so hurt by that and so just saddened and mm -hmm. grieved through that but also just felt the Lord saying, it'll be okay, but just trust me. Mm -hmm. So that happened. And then we actively tried to get pregnant and it took us another three years before we conceived Olivia. Wow. And that three years was a very hard trying time. It was, yes. it was very hard every single month. It was a constant no, 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 no you're not pregnant, not pregnant. And I just remember getting so excited thinking like anytime I would feel a little bit nauseous, I'd be like, oh, maybe I'm pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And well, no, I'm not actually. It's just hormones. <laughs> and oh. so I had been seeing a mentor early on in our marriage. Eric and I both were mentored by older men and women. And my mentor was an absolutely amazing godly woman who I just love so much. And I owe so much of my walk with the Lord to her because of where and how she steered my heart and my pain through that. And she would mm -hmm. constantly bring me back to that Jesus is the gift, that pregnancy is not the gift you're looking for. Nothing else is the gift except Jesus. And you, if you have him, you have enough. And 
You need to be okay having just him and not having that thing that you want so badly. Once you're content, not that God would do it right when I'm content, not that, but once you're content, you'll understand how God is enough and you're not content right now. So you need to keep praying on this. And so she was pretty adamant with me that I needed to just continue to lay this before the Lord. And I'm so thankful because there is so much hurt in that. It's a constant letdown Mm -hmm. every single month and getting your hopes up to be just defeated. And I just think of that verse that says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And that's what we were going through. So we decided at the time that we didn't want to focus on us. We wanted to get busy serving the Lord. And so we just prayed about it and said, Lord, what would you have for us while we wait for you to Lord willing, answer our prayer. What do we do to make ourselves not be focused on just our pain and ourselves? And Mm -hmm. what can we do to serve you? Excuse me. So we signed up with Safe Families for Children. It's through Lydia Home in Chicago here. And I remember the very first meeting we sat through, I was bawling my eyes out and I felt like the angels in heaven were like, oh, this is why, <laughs> this is why you were born. Like you need to do this program. And I handed in my paperwork the next morning. I literally like all the paperwork they gave me, I filled it out that night. The next morning I faxed it over. This was a while ago when faxing was normal. <laughs> and then three days we had our first safe family son in our home. And so that was, it's like very short term, like three months-ish foster care, but it's before kids would go into the foster care system. But that's just the way that people would understand it is by saying foster care. So we would take on kids and it served our hearts for that longing to have a baby or a child in our home. It served the child and the the birth mom because we got to understand how we could care for this child who wasn't our own and who didn't have the parenting styles that we were going to have or didn't have the background that we were raised with. And so we learned so much through that. It was invaluable. It really felt like we started to understand this like underground world of the foster care system that we didn't know existed. We didn't, we were not made privy to much of how the foster care system works and how, how to handle birth moms, how to handle kids who have gone through trauma and some even who were drug addicted and just, it was a deep dive into caring for little ones. And we poured our hearts out into that. And I will never forget, there was one time that we had a a son or a foster son in our home and the mom was going to come and do a a meeting and she was going to have a home visit with him. And it was Easter Sunday morning and she was going to come visit church with us. And she said that that sounded like so much fun. She wanted to join us. So we were going to meet her at church and we were waiting and waiting. And finally I went out, stepped outside and called her and said, what's going on? And she's, oh, I'm I'm really sorry. I can't come this morning. I actually just got an abortion, so I won't be there. And I started just crying. I just, I was like, wait, what? Are you serious? And she was like, yeah. And I said, well, how are you feeling? And she's, I'm fine. I just, I just don't feel like coming. And I was like, okay. So we hung up and I just wept. I wept and I just felt, God, what are you doing? Like of all the people 
that we could have in our home and all of the birth moms that we could have. You gave us one who just aborted their baby when we are struggling to get pregnant. Like yeah. that just felt so cruel to me. And it was, it was hard. It was very hard. And I just remember being like, oh my goodness, how do we, how do we help these moms before they get to that point? Right. And it was really hard. So we decided that we were just going to continue to trust the Lord and we were going to take in as many kids as we could and we were going to love them well and not only love them well, but love the moms well. I felt very convicted that one of the things I loved about this program is we got to have relationships with the birth moms and we got to mentor them as much as we could and and as much as they would allow. Some moms just didn't want to have it. And so we would just tell them we're praying for them and let me know how we can serve you in any way. And they, they wouldn't accept any of it. And that's okay. But the ones that wanted it, they, they soaked it up. And I didn't know that the Lord was preparing us so well for dealing with birth moms in the future, being an adoptive parent. But mm -hmm. God was using all of that. He was using every ounce of that. And training us and giving us wisdom and knowledge that we would never have been able to have apart from serving through safe families and just being able to love those moms, see them with dignity and honor. And I don't think very many people will look at them that way because right. their child's in the system. And so they have marks against them. But there was one birth mom that we were helping who was in a domestic violence situation. And we had tried to help her get a home. And so we had to get her out of the domestic violence situation. It was like midnight and we went down to the inner city. And I just remember being like, don't stop at any stoplight. Just run them all. Let's get there and get out. Don't stop. It was so scary. And went into this hotel and we got her out and we brought her all the way out to Elgin, which is like probably an hour and 10 minute drive from where she was. And we dropped her off at a, like a domestic violence shelter there. And we gave her our number and we were like, we are with you. We will help you. But we needed to get you in a safe place. And so we mm -hmm. took her kids home with us and she stayed at the shelter. And all that to say, for months and months, we did everything we could in our power to help her get a job to get a home, to get situated, to get housing and and just so much work. And so, so often I found myself looking back being like when a, I would see a, a homeless person on the street and saying they were looking for a job or looking for money, I'd be like, just go to, go to McDonald's. There's, there's work, there's work out there. You just need to go get it. And then we helped this mom who needed to get a job. And they were like, okay, we need your number to call you. And she's, well, I'm staying in a domestic violence shelter. And so we would literally give our number, our cell phone number on the application. And they would call and ask for her. I'd say one moment. And then I'd quick call the shelter, get her on three-way and be like, please hold. And we'd do a three-way call just so that they didn't have to know that she was in a domestic violence shelter. Aww. It was... But it's things like that you don't think about when right. you see these kids and it's easy to be judgmental of the mom. Like, why can't you get your stuff together? Why did your kid get taken away or whatever it is? It's so harsh and so judgmental and we have no clue. And so the Lord was just really humbling us and peeling back the judgmental layers that we didn't even realize we had. We didn't know, but we also didn't know how hard that was and how many 
believers that stood behind her trying to help her get all these things done. And she had a support system because we love the Lord and we had, we had a support system of family that helped and friends that helped and the church. There was so many people that helped this woman get along and get out and, and it worked and she did, she's, she did wonderful. She did great, but it took that much work. And so I tell that story just to say the Lord was working in us during mm-hmm. that. And he was using that time, those three years to prune us and to to get us ready. And to be a blessing to so many. It's really beautiful how selflessly you used your time. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> already made me cry once. So fast forward, we did get pregnant with Olivia and that was amazing and wonderful and so grateful. The Lord just answered our prayers so, so well. And I do remember getting to the point where I said to my mentor, if God allows us to get pregnant, it is because God is so good to us. If God doesn't allow us to be pregnant, it is because God is so good to us. Mm. And it was within a month and I was pregnant. And, And I don't think that I don't think I could will myself there. Okay, now I'm good to see this. Like the Lord had to work me into the point of that. And I'm so grateful he did. I'm so grateful he did. Um, So then we had two other babies and still felt that our home was not complete. Our, Our life was not complete. We knew that we had wanted to adopt. And so we always wanted to adopt. And we just figured, well, we know that there's a need out there because we do safe families and and we've seen the desire and the need for adoptive families. So we'll just adopt through something like that, maybe through the foster care system or something. And I had had two sisters who had adopted as well. I have one niece from India, one from, I don't know why I'm getting choked up talking oh. about them. <laughs> one niece from India, one from Guatemala, one from Colombia. And I just watched my sisters go through that adoption process and how much they trusted the Lord and how much they loved those children, even though they had never met them and how their hearts ached to be with them, even though they had never met them. And just seeing a picture and then waiting and going and meeting them and then having to wait a month, two months, a year to get them back. And we just felt called to domestically adopt and Mm -hmm. having gone through the foster care system and the safe families, we felt very called to adopt with an open adoption where we could know the mom as best as we could. And so we decided that that's what we were going to do, that we were going to adopt domestically, even though that scared us. The U.S. laws scared us. The cost of it is not great. There were a lot of things that it was like, well, I guess we'll just trust the Lord in this. I don't know how this is going to go. And I don't know how long we're going to have to wait, but we'll just trust the Lord. Well, one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I had a idea that I believe the Lord just gave to me to send out postcards and search for birth moms through sending postcards. And I did not know exactly <laughs> how that was going to work or how my husband was going to take that idea. Uh, but I just trusted the Lord. And I was like, all right, babe, I think I have an idea as to how we can find a baby. And he was like, what? 
And I said, I think we're supposed to send a postcard with our name and our family information on it and just send it out. And he's to where? (laughs) So I was like, well, anywhere where a woman in need would be. And so I Google searched anywhere where a woman in need would be. I did inner city laundromats. I did domestic violence shelters in the inner city. I did high school guidance counselors. I sent them there anywhere that I could think of. I had some in my purse. I had some anywhere that we would go where there might be a woman in need. And on the front, I had a picture of our family. And on the back, I said, hey, we're looking to adopt. And we would love to have a pre-born to two-year-old little girl. And we want to have an open adoption. We would love to know the birth mom as and mentor her as much as she's wanting to and to be a part of our family as best as we can do that. And so if you know a woman in need, give her our information and give her this postcard and she can contact us. So I had 500 printed and I sent out a batch of, I believe it was 50. And I prayed over every one of them as we were mailing them and addressing them. And As I sent them out, one of my dear friends said, there's a maternity home that opened up in downtown Chicago that you should send it to. And I was like, a maternity home? I didn't know that they had those. That sounds amazing. So I found the number and I, the address, and I sent one to this maternity home. Well, literally from day one, when I sent the first postcard, 12 days later, I've got a first phone call. And I know, I know it was nuts. (laughs) And that was from this maternity home. She said, we just got your postcard and we've never done this before. We don't usually do this, but we have a birth mom who came in and our home is filled. We have too many moms and we have to turn her away. And I cannot stand to turn someone away. And she goes, ironically, This morning in the mail, I got your postcard and she is coming this afternoon and I didn't know what I was going to tell her. And I'm calling you to see if I may give her your information. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, that's the reason I get (laughs) (laughs) so I said, yes, please. I would love for you to do that. And she said, I just can't believe this because I know she is pregnant with a little girl and she, I just, I can't believe that the Lord is working this out. And I, I said, yes, please send it. And she goes, would you do me a favor? Will you keep me in the loop as to what happens with this? And even if it's not this, would you just let me know what happens with you and, and how, and I said, yeah, absolutely. So I know it was really so sweet. So fast forward the next day, I got a phone call and it was, would you believe Easter Sunday morning? And I just am like, oh, Lord, you are so, you redeem everything. And Uh years prior on Easter Sunday morning, I got a horrible phone call. And then this Easter Sunday morning, I got the best phone call. And it was from a birth mom who was looking to place her baby in adoption, but wanted to meet with us first. All right. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to stop us. We've got a lot more story to tell. So please come back next week and the next to hear the rest of this incredible testimony. 
We hope that you are really blessed by the natural solutions Jen shared at the beginning of the episode, and we pray that you have the eyes to see and the heart to serve wherever the Lord calls you today. He is with you, Mama. And just a reminder, if you've been blessed by the podcast, please head over and give us a review. This is so helpful to us because then the platform you're listening on is more likely to recommend this podcast to other moms that are seeking to serve the Lord in their homes and beyond. We know you're busy, Mama, so we are truly grateful you joined us for this episode of Again. If you're looking for more information about building your home on the foundation of Jesus Christ, head to www.entrustedministries.com to learn more about our study for moms, Entrusted with a Child's Heart. This scripture-saturated study has blessed families around the world, and we want it for you too. Before you go, I want to pray this benediction over you from 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. We're rooting for you. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again.